What's up, Encounter Youth family? Pastor Dylan here. Hope you find encouragement in this week's message. If you do, share it with a friend or two wherever you're at. Without further ado, here we go. New series. It's called Life. Everybody say Life. Now you got to say it weird like that. You say Life. There you go. With some, like, like you got milk in your throat. Life. Life. For the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about life. Spiritual, physical, mental, emotional life. I believe some of the most important topics that could ever be talked about are going to be talked about in this series. Things that are essential for your life as a Christian. Things that are essential for your life as a human being. The first part of this is called a salvation. Tonight, we're going to talk about salvation. What is salvation? I'm really asking you, what is salvation? Somebody tell me, what do you think when you hear salvation? Anybody got any idea? I'll come to you. All right, my man. Well, you a brave soul, my brother. What, what does salvation mean to you? Whenever you ask God into your heart. All right, all right. So what happens then? You have the chance to turn your life around and live for him. Okay, you got a chance to turn your life around and live for him. Turn your life around from what? From sin. Okay. Yeah. Turn your life around from sin. Okay. Is there some kind of benefit that comes with salvation? Anybody? What's a benefit that comes with salvation? It starts with H. Oh, there we go. Yeah, heaven. Yeah, it's kind of the entire point, right? Not really the entire point, though, right? Because then that would make tonight's service so much simpler and way too easy because that would be the end of the service right there. Boom. The point of salvation is heaven. Ta-da. If you work hard enough, you can go there. That can't be. That cannot be the totality of this message, right? You can turn your life around. and You can benefit from it in so many ways, Right? But if we're being really honest, what's the, the real reason that you would want to be saved? Especially those of you who have been in church your whole life. You really want to be saved so you can make sure you go to heaven. For so many people, it has become a reality that I am saved or that I am a Christian. I identify as that so that I don't go to hell. That's the goal. I don't want to go to hell. It's a scary place, right? The Bible talks about lakes of fire and big old monster demons, and they're scary, and everybody's hurt, and it never ends. Who wants that, right? But then you come in contact with these arguments that say that the only reason that Christianity tells us these things is because they want you to be controlled by their agenda. That, that people will scare you into doing what they want you to do. If you haven't encountered that conversation yet, 
spoiler alert, it's coming. Your generation is the single most hungry and skeptical of spiritual things. Did you know that? It is the easiest, your generation is the easiest generation to ever convince that spiritual things are real. (laughs) Who knew? It's so easy to convince you. You watch these movies of all of these things. Do you think that it's a coincidence that they made 40 demon movies in the past 10 years, you know? Well, I'd call them demon movies. I don't really know. Exorcists, you know? The little girl, she roars and she looks scary and she's got a white face. She crawls on the ceiling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, we all laugh. I'm like, oh, I want to know. But you watched it like last week, right? Not y'all. Sorry. Y'all ain't seen the movie in a hot minute, have you? Oh, my. Oh, you have? All right. Well, this one backfired, huh? (laughs) Joke's on me. The reason they create these movies and these things that Disney creates all of these magical wonderlands is because for your entire life, you've been immersed in this stuff. You've watched magic and you've watched all of these cool, beautiful things. My baby girl loves Elsa. Oh my God, she worships Elsa. Elsa. She creates these beautiful palaces out of ice because she's got magic in her hands. My baby girl ran around for the longest time. She like, I got ice hands. Freeze, daddy. And I'd have to like stand still. It's super annoying, especially when you need to like go to the bathroom. You know, (laughs) I'm on my way to the bathroom, but I don't want to ruin your imagination. Please unfreeze me so that I can go. Okay, unfreeze, freeze. And I'm like, all right, look. Not going to keep doing this. I got to go. All right. Um, I love your imagination, but we're done now. No more Elsa hands. Magic is an easy thing for you to stomach. It's an easy thing for you to watch. It's an easy thing for you to imagine. And I am definitely not of the Pentecostal persuasion that says that you should not. Never, ever watch a movie with magic. Now, I, I don't know why I said it in that voice. I'm not trying to throw shade at parents who don't let you watch movies like that. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean that. It's not what I was saying. But I personally do not feel that way. If your parents do, the Bible says, honor your mother and father, so you'll live a long life. If you don't, and your mama's like mine, you're about to die. It is, okay. it's, it is what it is. You better listen. It's up to you. It's easy for us to understand these things. But when it comes to salvation, when it comes to spirituality with a purpose, it comes with requirements, it comes with prerequisites. It's, it's a little bit harder to stomach or it's a little bit harder to understand or, or accept because it somehow requires something of you. It's not just imagination. It's not just pretend. It's not just beneficial in the way that you want it to be. It requires something of you, and then it turns into something totally different. You either do it out of obligation or you do not do it at all. Until you understand what my hope is to tell you tonight. 
Salvation has to mean more than just going to heaven. Or all of the rules and regulations that we live by aren't worth it. By the world's standards, it's a lot more fun to do the things that they do. It's a lot more fun to not care about people not liking what you do. Like, it's a lot more fun to just be like, I don't care. I do what I want to do. When you step into Christianity, it comes with this responsibility of knowing that your life represents something bigger than just you and what you want. So therefore, you have to live your life a certain way to reflect the things that Jesus wants you to reflect, the values of Christianity, maybe. I think that our world has highlighted those things so much and, and condemned people who wrestle with the other things, sin, that we separate ourselves from other human beings based on the level or degree of their sin. My sin is that I tell lies sometimes. Oh, man, I'm so sorry. My sin is I'm ready to throat chop literally hundreds of people every day when I drive my car. It's a real one for me. <laughs> the last one, I don't tell a lot of lies, but I do want to throat chop people regularly. That is fact. But because my sin doesn't look like other people's sin, we are now separated and what I'm doing is acceptable and what other people are doing is not. Colossians 1, 19 and 20 says this. Number 19, for God in all of his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Why, why, why offer us salvation? Why would you do that, God? Why would you hand us this gift of salvation? What is the, the purpose behind this? Is it simply to go to heaven because we weren't going to go to heaven before? I don't believe so. I think that it is the reconciliation of relationship that was broken in the Garden of Eden. See, Adam and Eve messed things up in the beginning. God created man, created the world, he created everything in it, and then he created man to inherit the world, to name the world, to rule over the world. It was all a gift to mankind. And then he saw that it was not good that man was alone, so he created woman. And now we have this picture of what life is supposed to be like. Well, because they slipped up with their free will, they made a mistake, that thing cast them out of the Garden of Eden, and now we live with this sin nature. Everybody seems to be pretty much on the same page about those things. It gets crazy when people start talking about whether they believe that Jesus came and was the Messiah, whether they believe this or they believe that, why salvation, how salvation, can you lose salvation, can you walk away from salvation, does salvation cover everything, is it this, is it that? And I think that a lot of those conversations are centered around this one idea that Salvation is about going to heaven. 
Salvation is simply the act of preserving yourself from being sent to hell. But like we said just a minute ago, it has to be more than that, right? There's got to be something bigger. The reconciliation of relationship. Well, if God's intention in verse 20 there is, and though and through him God reconciled everything to himself, he made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. If his goal was to reconcile everything to himself, did he wait? Is he waiting for the day that you die so that or did he do what he said he would do, which is reconcile all things to himself so that he could be in communion with people the way he designed Adam to be to begin with? It was a rescue mission. It's a rescue mission to create a bridge between humanity and its failure and God and his infinite ability to be perfect. We can never be perfect. Right? Luke chapter 4, verse 18 says this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me. This is what Jesus said. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. Who are the poor? We'll talk about it in a second. These three things that he's about to say are categorized as the poor. So he's not talking about money. Good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that the captives will be released, that the blind will see, and that the oppressed will be set free. So in this, we see the reason for Jesus coming is so much bigger than handing you a ticket to heaven. It's not just about you making it into heaven now. It's about you being in a relationship with this God who has not only cared enough for you to make a way, but he came to you. He left his place in heaven to make this reconciliation. So many people can wrap their mind around because they grew up in church or you've heard it talked about. We live in America. You hear about Christianity. You've heard 12 different perspectives of Christianity. You've heard people talk about this or that. You've talked, you've talked about it. You know Jesus got beat up. He got a crown of thorns, he got hung on a cross, and he died there, and that he went to the grave, and then he rose again. You know those things. Is that what salvation is? What is salvation? The poor. These people fit into the category of the mission of God. Okay, this is the definition of the poor according to Scripture. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The poor in spirit. God knows that there's poor people in the world, right? He told them in the Old Testament that it is your job to take care of the poor and the widows. It's the church's job to provide the physical needs of the people. We're supposed to work together as humanity to take care of each other. People will know that you are my disciples by the love that you show one another. I can tell if you're a Christian whether or not you're willing to be a part of something bigger than yourself, right? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is what God has for you here on earth. 
The kingdom of heaven is talked about a few times in the Bible, and sometimes people immediately believe that because it says kingdom of heaven or because it says the word heaven, that it's speaking of actually going to heaven. In Timothy, it talks about this whole list, right? There's this whole list of things called sins. There's two different times that you see it listed. There are things that are listed as sins. People have built an argument in the church. People have built an argument around some of these things saying that these things prevent you from heaven. But if you really do a word study on what was said in that verse, it keeps you from the benefits of heaven in your life on this earth. It's not actually even talking about heaven. It's talking about the benefits of who God could be in your life today. You're missing out on things that God wants to do for you because you're caught up in yourself. There are things that Jesus wants to do for you, that Jesus wants to do in your life, that Jesus shed blood on the cross so that you don't have to be excluded. Regardless of what you're doing, what you have done, what you will do, he paid the price for you and me so that we could be imperfect and covered. The blood of Christ covers the imperfections of our life. The blood of Christ covers the imperfections of our life. I had this thought a long time ago and in my own personal little prayer time, right? I'm going to go up here so you can see it, I guess. In my prayer time, I was thinking about how incapable I am, how unworthy I am, right? Is that better? I was thinking about how much I don't measure up. You can come on back, worship team, whoever's coming back can come on back. And I immediately, I I had this, I had this thought, and I believe it's the Holy Spirit speaking in my heart and in my life to me in my prayer time saying, your imperfections, your inad- what, it, what it really is is your inadequacies. Do you know what that means? All right, good. He does. Your inadequacies or your imperfections, your inabilities become irrelevant in the presence of God. And it comes from Paul saying that when I am weak, then I am strong because it is in my weakness that your strength is made perfect. God has the ability to step into your life and fill a gap when your gap is exposed to God. So what good is it for you to live your life struggling with things that you never expressed to him, hoping that maybe you could just skate by by the skin of your teeth into heaven? When really what he's trying to do is call you into a full life of blessing and honor and authority here on earth. This thing is 
It's bigger than you. It's bigger than me. It's, it's bigger than am I going to heaven or am I going to hell? It's bigger than do I sin or do I not sin? It's bigger than am I good enough? Am I not good enough? It's bigger than is my imperfection going to prevent me from being in heaven one day? Am I struggling with something that's just too messed up that God's never going to accept me? I don't think it's really about whether or not you feel accepted by people. It's about whether or not you believe in his price. See, what happened is there's these people, it's you and me. That's you. <laughs> That's me. I'm standing a little farther away. Can y'all see that? You see, you and me, we're crushing it out here, living life to the fullest. Well, then... You and me who are separated from God up here, who's looking down, watching us. Oh man, I love them people. I wish they'd come to me. Oh yeah, they messed up though, Eden. That's God. When he sees you and me before Jesus, he sees the fact that we need to make a sacrifice to cleanse the sins of our life. There are priests and there are systems and there's religions set up so that you and me could be reconciled to him daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, so that someone could make a sacrifice on your behalf so that God could hear your voice so that you could be a part of the people that he's called you to be. But then, but then Jesus comes and Colossians tells us that he came with a mission so that God could reconcile all things to himself, so that God could bring us all out of this imperfect lifestyle of struggling with whether or not we're accepted by people or whether or not we're going to be something in our life one day. And, and he really just settles into the idea that he has called you to be something. He'll help you become it. If the only thing you need to do is say with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he died on a cross, that he did it for me, and that he wanted to reconcile me to him so that he could build this relationship between us so that we could benefit from heaven's involvement in our life today. Watch. We're imperfect down here, right? You and me. I, I don't know about y'all, but I don't have it all together. Cool? Are we established there? Nobody in this room's got it all together. Nobody's perfect. Everybody sins. We all fall short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. We've all messed up. We all mess up regularly. It is what it is, right? Here's this. That's us. We're messed up. Here's God. He cannot be. Light and darkness cannot coexist, correct? You turn the light on in the room, the darkness is not in the room anymore. So when the presence of light is in our room, then the darkness cannot coexist, so one of us has to go. And he showed us who that was in Eden. But then he began this rescue mission called sending his son Jesus to die on a cross here 
for you and me so that when he looks at you and he looks at me, he doesn't see us. He sees Jesus and the sacrifice that he made for you and me so that the relationship that he intended for us to have from the beginning isn't hindered by the struggles that you face today. It's not actually controlled by the sin that you carry in your life. In fact, Jesus said right here that I came to set the captive free. The people who have died to sin, the people who are bound by the law of sin and death, I came to set them free. It's not about your sin anymore. It's not about your sin anymore. It's about the the posture of your heart. Who are you? Are you submitted to God? Because if you are, if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then you don't have anything to worry about anymore. You cannot focus on the areas of your life that need his life. The areas of your life that are gaps, that I'm struggling in this, God, here it is. Because I know you love me, and I know that's why you died, so that you could reconcile all things to yourself. So here's the piece of me that I don't have together. Here's the piece of me your word says isn't supposed to be a piece of me. What do I do with that, God? How do I deal with something that I want that your word says isn't for me? How many people give up on Christianity as a whole because the piece of them that they don't want to sacrifice is in the Bible? Hey, listen, man, I, I, I love you. And I've read this thing backwards and forwards. And I'm going to tell you the truth right now. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It didn't tell us the context. It didn't tell us what sins. It didn't tell us anything other than the fact that when you step into that shadow, the Father now sees the Son, not your imperfections. Your imperfections become irrelevant in the presence of the King. set up a fail-proof system for us. But because of people's misguided interpretations of Scripture, we've separated us from everyone else. Because the Bible says it's a sin. (laughs) The, The Bible calls a lot of things a sin. Just because it's a sin doesn't mean you're going to hell, brother. I'm telling you right now that the problem isn't whether or not you've got sin because if you got sin welcome to the party but the problem is are you submitted to the king of kings or are you identifying as your sin the enemy will separate you from the kingdom of heaven by highlighting the sin in your life and telling you that's the only thing that you are this is your identity this is who you are This is what you are. You're a drunk. You're a drug addict. You're this. You're that. You're never going to be anything other than what your parents have always been. I want you to step into some person's shadow. Become that. Become some statistic in society. Become something that you don't really want to be simply because the Bible says you shouldn't. And that's what I am. So that's what I'll always be. That's not salvation. Salvation isn't the deliverance from everything that you do wrong. Salvation is the deliverance from condemnation because you do wrong things. Salvation is the beginning of a journey. 
it's not the destination. 